Hello and welcome to Jams of Youth Work, our podcast series that brings you insightful cases from the international youth work field. My name is Markus Fretscher and I'm hosting today's episode in which we have Anna Yegoyan from Youth Initiative Center, or shortly YIC, from Gyumri in Armenia as our guest. And she will be telling us about their experiences of opening the first open youth centers in Armenia based on international practices and, of course, customized to the reality in Armenia. So thanks a lot, Anna, for hosting us and actually literally hosting us as this podcast is very special in the sense that it's not recorded online. But thanks to another project, the two of us have a chance to actually meet in person in your living room. Thank you so much for for hosting us and offering wonderful tea and fresh Armenian fruits. So for our listeners, how could you introduce maybe the place where we are here? Um, yeah, I'm very, very happy. And I think it's a very special podcast, but also a very special moment in this year of uh, difficult online, offline, pandemic-related issues uh, to have a colleague and a friend over at my place, which I love to do and host. And Gumri is a part of my soul and it represents hospitality to me. And it's also, in a way, a center of very interesting, very many youth work-related experiments in Armenia. So we jokingly call it the capital of youth work of Armenia. And we even say sometimes that maybe all the youth work-related publications in Armenia should be done in Gumri dialect. And without making a full Wikipedia entry, just to give a bit more context, what's what's your story? What's the story of you and youth work, Anna Jen? Oh, I started youth work as, as a product of youth work. I have been in youth work since I was 14, 15 years old. And uh, YMCA was a big thing back then in Armenia. And it gave me a lot of room for experiments. And then... A lot of my youth work career is connected to trying to bridge the local and international dimensions. So it's over 20 years that I'm connected with youth work, but professionally, maybe almost 20 now. The gem of youth work we want to talk about today is how you and your team managed to open several open youth centers in Armenia and made it in a way that it's a template for others to follow. So uh, maybe just to start off, what is an open youth center? Well, many different things can be an open youth center, but what is in our vision and in our model, it's putting open youth work practices, uh, principles, and methodology in a center-based setting. And we are working with a very special target group. We are working with underage young people, 13 to 18 years old. And uh, for us, open youth work, first of all, represents low threshold or almost no threshold service-based constant activity that is based on these trustful relations between youth worker and young people, and is not very much influenced by ongoing short-term projects. So the short-term projects, be it local or international, come to support the everyday steady 
service-based work that we do in our youth centers. How did you get the idea for this? Where did the inspiration come from? Well, this is one of these cases when the international experiences informed uh, us and inspired us to do something at the local level. Our organization, Gumri Youth Initiative Center, NGO, when we started it back in 2008, our first activities and first years of our activity were very much connected to international youth work. Back in the day, these youth in action activities, when we would go on youth exchanges, take groups, then gradually go to different kinds of study visits and try to look into all these professional practices in countries where youth work is a profession, is a recognized profession. And we would go to youth centers and see these safe spaces for young people to experiment, to, to grow, to create. We got very much inspired from this. And we were trying to look for ways how we could adapt it to the realities and to the culture here. So not to bring it maybe blindly and to do something that also works in Sweden, for example, but try to see what of what we have seen could work here, how to adapt it, how to enrich it with our own experiences, with our own culture, and how to make it work in the local context. So um, a lot of it was informed and inspired from our international visits, but also with a lot of really good available materials that are nowadays online. So, for example, we researched all the possible websites connected to open youth work. We interviewed, we talked to colleagues that are engaged with university and practitioners, all the possible um, different resources. We looked into different types of practices like center-based work, outreach work, what could be the best one for us, how we could make a melange out of these different experiences. We also looked into different countries' experiences. So countries like Sweden and Norway, countries like Austria that have like long-term experience with youth work, with professionalized youth work. Then we looked into countries that are maybe newer in this field, like Lithuania, where we could maybe easier relate because of our common history and past. So we tried to look into it, uh, get inspired from it, bring in clicks on board that are maybe from different fields, to look at it from inside, from outside, and eventually not to be afraid to test it, because the best ideas might not work in a different context. So yeah, that's how everything started. It started back in 2013 with an idea, we want to have a youth center. Very simple. We even organized a small fundraising event that was not successful at all. But it started bugging our minds so much that we were looking constantly for opportunities and for funding to make this eventually happen. What were the steps you took to make the project, make this idea become a reality? What were the major milestones? The idea was always there in the back of our heads. We had seen enough, we had read enough, but we were looking for opportunities for funding and for flexible type of funding that could allow us to do it. And in 2017, there was a call, a subgrant by European Union that was calling Armenian NGOs to, to offer some interesting, innovative models of how to do different kinds of community-based work. It could be anything from women's entrepreneurship, to innovative agriculture, to working with migrants. But then we said, okay, this is our window. This is the opportunity we have to grab. 
and let's offer something in the field of use work. We want to do open use work because nobody has done it before us or even if there are practices similar, they are never called open use work in Armenia. But where to start, what to do? If we want to do it, we want to do it in a proper way and we want to do it as something that could be an investment in long-term outcome. So then we looked around a little bit. One of the conditions to apply for the grant was also to make a consortium. And so we were looking for a partner that could complement our set of skills as an organization. And we found this organization called CRRC, Caucasus Research Resource Center Armenia, that is a social studies-based organization. They are specialized in doing research. They are specialized in working with data. And we said, okay, this is what we are going to do. We are going to do this youth center of our dreams, but we are going to record, document, standardize everything that is possible throughout the whole way, from the process of how we build these centers to the process of how we track the outcomes and how we track the impact on young people. So we sat together at a table. We were leading the process because the organization we partnered with has had no idea about youth work, about professional youth work, but they knew where to look into. They knew how to make all these documents and templates. And so we started working together. Then we knew that the budget was very limited. So we did two more things. We tried to look for other funding that is available. And one of the ways was, okay, this is a service we are going to provide to our country, to our young people in our city. So municipality should be on board. They should be informed and they also should support this somehow, anyhow, whatever they can do. And so we asked municipality to give us a building, a municipal building that we could renovate, adjust to what we want to do and to use it free of charge. And the municipality agreed. This was a big risk for them because they didn't understand what exactly we wanted to do, but they trusted a lot the reputation of our organization. This is also why our first youth center, we started in the city where our organization was already working for almost 10 years. So we, we got the building, we started renovations, we started parallelly looking into different models, existing examples, and we opened the youth center about six months into the project. This was a very interesting, exciting time. And it coincided with the same time when we had the, in 2018, the big changes in the country. Uh, when our government changed, many things were happening. And in this very turbulent moment, we opened our youth center. I remember exactly the day when we opened our anticipation was that it will be like a big thing and everybody will be rushing into the center. We had four kids that day, four teenagers who showed up, and we had three youth workers working with these four teenagers. This was extremely awkward, and we thought, okay, maybe we did something wrong on the way. Where are our young people? I mean, everybody wanted this, and where are they now? Maybe we miscalculated because the context and the setting and the dates were in a very crazy moment. But then by the summer, we would have about 40, 50 young people turning up every day to the youth center. We've reached the number of 600 unique beneficiaries per year with a daily turn, turn in about 25 on average. 
And we have really interesting ways how we interact with young people, what they do. Center is serving two purposes. It's an open center every day uh, after school hours from 2 to 7. But also in the morning, it's open for everybody that is connected to youth work. So if you are a teacher, a researcher, if you are an NGO that wants to use the space, the space is still available for everybody. And they can come and they can use it. Uh, and we have a lot of interesting resources we get from our partners from all over the world. We have good library there and people use it as a kind of sanctuary for youth work in Gyumri. So it's really a very nice place um, and it's every day open for young people. Some of the interesting things we had to do along the way, because there is no professional youth work in Armenia, there is no educational track to become a youth worker in Armenia, we had to recruit uh, professionals from different fields like social work, education, and retrain them ourselves uh, to be the youth worker that we imagined would work in our youth center. So we created our own curriculum, we prepared our own youth workers, and we do it ever since. You know, every year we have new people joining the team, and every time we do the, the trainings and different kinds of, we send them abroad on different kinds of job shadowings and we make sure that our youth workers are ready and they can offer the best to our young people. To make it tangible, what is the target group? Who, What people go to the Open Youth Center and what are the activities that you offer? What is happening on a daily basis in your Open Youth Centers? The center opens every day around two o'clock in the afternoon. We don't want to compete with the school system. We work to complement uh, formal education. And so young people age 13 to 18 come to our youth center daily. What we offer inside the center, so what you see when you walk in, we have our ongoing activities, like what you can do all the time, which is library, different kinds of entertainment and intellectual games, board games, uh, different kinds of computers, uh, the space itself. We have a really cool outdoor space as well. Our entire building is wheelchair accessible and uh, solar energy um, powered. So it's, it's a really nice place just to be for young people. So they could come any moment and just use their own space, have their own corner, make their own choices. And this was something of a challenge in the beginning because young people in Armenia, they are very much attached to family. They are very much attached to formal education system. And most of the time, all the choices are made for them from the what you will eat in, for your breakfast to what will be your curriculum in class. They don't have a lot of say. So giving them a place where they can come and make their choices and be responsible for the choices they make is one of the first learning points. Then we have different kinds of recurring and regular activities that they can participate, but they can also choose not to participate. But then they need to be, exist in the same space without interfering other activities that happen. And these are other sets of social skills you have. So, for example, we have different kind of language clubs there for young people. We have different arts and crafts activities that happen regularly, cooking class, different workshops on topics, trainings, opportunities for volunteering, 
support for youth initiatives, many, many different things on a daily basis. Almost every week we have something called a thematic week. So let's say it's uh, Christmas coming and we do a thematic week on Christmas, which means the workshop will be something around that topic and the English club will be on that topic and we watch a movie that is close to that topic. But always there is room for young people not to join. And this is what makes a youth center into an open one. You always have a choice. You are not obliged to participate if you don't want to participate. You can always create, you can also offer. And the youth workers are there to support you. They are not there to give you something, but they are there to ask you what you want. And we always make these offers very relevant to young people's needs. And a part of it, how we come to this, is that we do all this recurring data collection. Every time we have a young person coming into center, after a few times they come, and so we see this a returning young person, we do an interview with them. We ask them, what are your likes? What are your dislikes? What is your heart leaning towards? So we give them offers that are coming from their common interests. Another thing that our youth workers do, we redirect young people to other places. <laughs> In a city like Gumri, there are many different opportunities. You can go learn coding, computing, and robotics. You can go learn professional chess playing, or you can go to do arts and crafts in a different, more professional setting. So when young people come, we see their talents. We don't intend to accommodate all their wishes and needs, but we try to see what are the opportunities for them to redirect them, to maybe talk to their parents, ask them what could be some options for these kids. Sometimes we work also with the parents of these young people. Then we help a lot with career orientation. We take young people on different trips inside the city. They learn about different professions. We invite amazing guest speakers. I wish I could meet when I was a teenager, like actors and diplomats and politicians, and craftsmen to our center. So they come and they talk to young people because this is exactly the age when they need to make choices and they normally don't make informed choices. So our primary goal is to inform them so they can make informed choices. And then um, what happens when they get 18? they graduate from the center. So they could still come back, of course, the door is not closed, but they will have to come back in a different capacity. They should come back as a volunteer to offer something back to, to the youth center. And many of them do come back. This is, I think, one of the biggest uh, victories that we have. Young people want to return to the youth center. Some of them come there as often as the youth workers, like on daily basis, as if it's their job to make sure that youth center works every day. And this is good because we are keeping them out of streets. Uh, we work in a very vulnerable neighborhood of Kumri. We have deliberately chosen a location for our youth center outside the city center so that it would serve young people in that particular community. It could become an, an alternative, like a little island, where you can see the colors, you can see all the smiles, and you can imagine a better life for yourself. These people are in social isolation, in geographic isolation. A lot of times 
they have very limited choices or they imagine they have very limited choices. So our job is to show them that they are seen, that they are very valuable, that they have a lot of potential, help them to open up this potential, and then they take off. And we, we have seen so many great successes in these three years of how young people kind of open up and transform and go and reach to their dreams that they could never even dream about. Can you describe some specific cases or situations that you are especially proud of? Um, point out some highlights, some achievements or moments when you felt, yeah, this really makes sense. This is important. This is relevant. This is a success. Oh, there are so many of these moments. Um, Myself, I am now working only on the content and data of the center. So I don't work in the center's daily basis. Not one of these lucky people that are going there as their job. But every time I feel a little bit stuck, I don't see the reason why I do this, what I do. I go to the center and there is every day something special. Like um, a few Days ago, maybe two weeks ago, we took a group of um, people from different municipalities on a study visit to the youth center. It was a normal day in the youth center. We have also learned that our routine and our daily services do not interrupt because of anything that happens in the center. So you could come tomorrow, we will welcome you, but it will not stop what we do there at that moment. So they came and we did our standard, our coordinator Gayane, she did a standard presentation of what is happening in the center. And at some moment, these people thought this was really a little bit too romantic, the pictures. They wanted to see the reality. And they said, okay, maybe at this point, we want to talk to your kids. Invite some of your teenagers here. We want to ask them questions. They somehow wanted to corner us to kind of find out what is the hidden truth about the youth center. So we just, uh, somebody went to the front porch, uh, the, the, the young people were, were, were uh, playing outside. We have uh, amazing outside facilities. And they just called in three of whoever was there, you know, no random selection, whoever was in the center that day. And so these people started asking, yeah, why are you coming to youth center? And, you know, it was like as if we had prepared them in advance to answer these questions. And... What really was big win for me, the moment when uh, somebody asked, so what should we do in our municipality to make sure that our young people are as happy as you seem to be right now? And somebody said, just get the youth workers that we have. I would have never imagined that they see and appreciate so much the work that everyday youth workers are putting in the center. I thought, you know, they would say oh, the PlayStation, the, the table football, whatever else. But young people appreciate a genuine investment in them. Maybe they don't say it <laughs> up front so openly. But yeah, this was a very proud moment. Uh, another proud moment was they keep doing different things. Like... Some of our young people from our center, they went to study abroad. These are people that never imagined going to Yerevan to study, but they enter a competition, they 
get it. They, they win a grant, they go to study in the United States. This is something that, yeah, well, it was not for them before. Or uh, when we take them on a youth exchange somewhere and they learn about another culture and they come back and tell their friends and family about Tunisia or Poland or wherever they have been. Uh, yeah, when, when they make something at school and they bring it as a gift to the center and they say, oh, today we had an assignment to make a painting about something and I decided to paint our youth center because this is what changed my life. Um, these are moments when I feel extremely proud. Another part is when they graduate and then you meet them somewhere. The other day I was going out with my family and the girl that was working in this um, place, it's kind of a big club kind of a thing. The hostess, she came up, she greeted me and she said, you know what, I, I feel so cool. I can earn my own money at this young age. And it's because, you know, Everybody is telling me, you can do it, you can do it. And then I started believing in myself. These are moments when you feel like all these efforts are worth, worth it. And yeah, maybe we are making a difference, but just don't see it every day. But in these moments, you kind of see it. If you look back at the, all your lessons learned, and if you think somebody else in another place, anywhere in Europe, for example, would also like to start something like an open youth center, what are the very first steps you would recommend to such a person or such a team of persons to, to take? Not thinking already about the super ideal scenario, but like a minimum viable product, you know, what are like the minimum things, the first things to do to envisage if somebody would like to follow a similar path as, as you have shown in Armenia? First of all, if you have a dream, share the dream with others. Sometimes we think, you know, if you talk about your dreams up loud, we have all these superstitions that, oh, they will not happen. But these kind of moments you need more than one head and talk to people that are from different backgrounds. Talk to teachers and talk to villagers and talk to parents of young people. Talk to young people themselves in the very first place. Never underestimate what they want. We ask our young people all the time, what do you want? They say, oh, it would be cool to have a 50 meter long swimming pool. Of course, it's impossible right now with the resources that we have. But we know in which direction we should look. Um, first, share and ask for feedback. But then also don't get intimidated and don't shy off and don't give up when this feedback is not always very positive. Sometimes people don't support your idea because they have never seen it. It's your vision. You've seen it somewhere. You've, you have it in your head maybe. Uh, don't expect that everybody will be as enthusiastic about it as yourself. Second, uh, safety, very important. This is a safe space for young people. Safety in all senses is, is number one concern. Physical safety, psychological safety, safety of information and data. Young people should come in a place where they are sure, 100%, that nothing will happen to them, to their body, to their soul, to their 
image. So very careful about that. Um, and then, yeah, maybe just to ask what they want to be in this center. Sometimes we want to offer people something that was our childhood dream, something that was our big go-to. You know, we learned about it, we read it, we saw it on the news, we want to have it. But forget about what you want and remember always about the needs and wants of young people that will be using it. You are very secondary to this process. So step back and let them lead. Just be there to, to support, to make sure this is a safe environment for experiments. Yes, we started the youth center as a big experiment ourselves, and I think we're still experimenting about it, but on a different level, on a meta level, maybe on kind of a little bit of a research level. But on daily operations, it's still young people that should have the, the, the safe space to experiment. And the second thing is, youth center is not a youth project. So it's not about starting date and then ending date. It's very much about a trustful, steady relationship. A lot of time, young people don't have a second steady relationship because of family condition, because they are young, they have all this, you know, love stories, breakups, etc. Because in school they don't feel secure, so they need this one place at least where the relationships are based on trust, on respect, and that they are predictable and they are long-term. So unless you're sure you want to take it up and do it long-term, don't promise a youth center to young people. Promise a camp, promise a training. But if you go into it, they will expect you to show up also second day and the third day and you cannot just get bored of it if you personally think that one day this will be not your thing anymore which is happening all the time young youth workers they grow out of it they want to explore something else from day one think about your exit strategy who will replace you when you will leave this is extremely important because you are building a service that is based on respect, trust, and predictable long-term relations. You cannot just one day get bored of it and not open the youth center for young people. It's creating for them a pattern of thinking when it is okay for an adult not to show up. And this is what we want to avoid in the youth center. Everything should be very transparent, very well informed, um, spoken clearly, you're planning to close the center for one month for renovation or use center staff also needs to go on vacation, tell about it, inform young people and say, okay, we are closing for renovation for one month. We are sorry we will not be able to give our services, but this is being done so that we can come back with a lot of new energy, blah, 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 in one month. And when you promise to open in one month, do everything that you open in, in one month. You are more than a friend. You are a role model. And they will, you want it or not, very often uh, repeat the type of attitudes and the type of person you are. So as a person that is in charge of youth center, as a person that is working in youth center, is not only what you do, but also how you do and who you are that matters very much for these young people. 
they want to be like you and you need to be your best version <laughs> to be able to offer them something nice you know again as transfer service for for somebody or a group of people who would also like to open a, an open youth center what are some of the challenges you found along the way or hard lessons learned traps or or pitfalls that you can warn people of not to fall into or be aware of? I think it's very important when you start something like this to talk to many different stakeholders and try to get as many as possible on board. Even if you are 100% sure that they are not interested, they, they might be interested and try to show upfront that you are there to complement what already exists and you are not competing. Very often we are asked, how do you get the young people? Because I can imagine in different places, it is very difficult to reach out to young people. So in the beginning, we were very much convinced that if we just open the center, they will come. But then later, through different kinds of tries and errors, we started doing much more outreach work. We are going to school. We work much closer with formal education and trying to, to talk to teachers, to directors of school, explaining them what we do and, and trying. In the beginning, we didn't think that would work. So we were thinking, okay, meetings are just for formality to make sure we've done it, but it is not going to bring us any kind of... Um, long-term support, which it turned out we were wrong. And uh, these school visits are actually um, a big part of how we are getting reaching out to new young people. Another thing is that in the beginning, we were super romantic about just starting the center. So we didn't really plan very much ahead of what will happen when the project will be over. And the project wasn't very long-term either. It was just for 12 months. So since then, the Gumri Youth Center, we have to self-fund with about 10% of co-funding from municipality that we uh, every year ask for. In Gumri, we are self-funding the youth center. And it is very difficult because um, it's not a project, it's a process. Normally, donors want to fund a project that will have its own very unique, very new output you know but um, this is a process and it's very difficult to find um, sponsors for a process so normally what we do now when we started opening more youth centers after this year uh, we are fully funding it with municipal money in the beginning, we didn't ask Gumri municipality for it because we were sure they will not give us the money. And we didn't even think it was worth asking. We didn't, it didn't cross our minds, honestly. But then, because we do all this data collection and impact assessment, we have these numbers that are very much convincing how cost-effective it is to invest in the youth centers. And so now, uh, essential part of the model, how we promote it, so open youth work in Armenia, center-based open youth work in Armenia, it is a mandatory part of it is municipal participation. It's not only by donating the building like Gyumri did, 
but also supporting second and following years of its operation. We understand that in these circumstances, in the condition where our country and municipalities are, it is very naive to think that the municipalities could fully fund establishment of a center because the biggest investment actually comes in the beginning when you have to do the renovation, the furnishing and everything. But uh, we have found the ways how to do it like this. Our second try, which is now already more than a year old, so our second youth center that is in another municipality in Spitak, it's working like this. So the municipality is funding fully the daily operations of the center, meaning the facilities, the utilities, all the salaries of the staff, and YIC is supporting the center by the quality assurance and this kind of capacity building activities. And it worked. And now this is how we promote it. The third center is on its way. We are building it in Gavar, in Gyararkunik Mars. Every time we very carefully select the municipalities where we will enter, not only based on who is welcoming us and who is able to co-finance, but also where it is needed the most. So we always choose more deprived, more vulnerable communities. And so the third center is in the making now. And I am very happy that we learned from these lessons and that we understood the importance of involving and, and informing and in a way also educating the municipalities about what we do not assuming that they would judge and reject from the beginning. And now that we have already the cases, the success stories, we can actually bring them, show them, and they understand what we are doing. With the first one, of course, it was much more difficult because we had the idea to sell. Now we have the impact that we can show. This is making our work easier. What is maybe the next step and how, how we plan to upscale it, which will bring probably its own challenges, is when we have, by the end of next year, already five youth centers. Uh, how to make sure that there is a process of knowledge transfer, learning, and in a way networking between these youth centers. This is something that we are already concerned about looking forward to as well. So it's like a little bit of a concern, but also a lot of excitement about it. Yeah, but uh, we need to find the ways. Unfortunately, right now, we don't see that it will be very much supported by uh, government use policy framework that exists right now. But hopefully some things will also change on that end and that our work will be recognized not only at the municipal levels, but also at the national level. And we can maybe put this model into making and make sure that every region of Armenia has at least one of these youth centers. You mentioned that the involvement of various types of stakeholders is important. can be a municipality or another entity to provide the space and infrastructure. could be a school to explain about how your offer is complementary to what they are doing in the work with, with young people. It can be simply a construction company whatsoever. Um, how can you get these people on board and these players, stakeholders? How can you convince them? 
So not the young people who would visit your youth center, but the others who are part of your consortium. Like what is their gain? What is the win-win situation? What does a community get from an open youth center? What does a municipality gain? What does a school gain? What, what arguments can you bring? How can you get them on board and convince them? Of course, when you just started, it's a little bit difficult because every stakeholder wants to see something of result type to believe that it actually works. So in the beginning, you can only share your motivation. Don't be shy to bring other people's examples, other pe people's experiences. And to start, as a starting point, this will work. So to give your prediction and to, to sell your dream. But then from day zero, what we did, we collect data because this dream you can sell only once and later you need to show facts. And so that's when we started saying, okay, so let's say we are having 685 young people attending center in 2019. Out of them, this many have reported positive change in their school apart from center. Out of them, this many do extracurricular activities. We have supported 20 youth initiatives, etc. Numbers talk, and especially for fundraising and partnership building purposes, this is very important. So backing up your work with data and with knowledge. It's extremely important. We always say that Everything that we do in Youth Center should have some kind of an educational meaning. Of course, we mean non-formal education or informal education, but everything should have a, have a purpose. When we do something outside, let's say an energizer, we never say, let's go play a game. We say, let's go do an activity because it has a meaning. It was not done for the sake of running around. It was done for the sake of learning something about Uh, I think it's important to have young people talk themselves. They maybe not put it in the same nice words like I do or my colleagues from the center will do, but their words are more trusted. And maybe they make some mistakes as they present. These mis mistakes will be always excused. So don't talk for them instead of them. Let them to do, do the talking. And it's always really cool. Young people should always be the facade. They should always be the first. And it shouldn't be a decoration, but it really has to be like this. Um, I think with, with stakeholders, another thing that always, always works with stakeholders, come and see. You know, um, our center, when it is for young people, it's just for young people. We don't want any adults coming because they are intimidating, because they are patronizing, or, you know, just sharing the space with adults is a little bit complicated. We tend, as adults, take too much space, I think. Uh, but have them come to your youth center, do something that is a fun activity that is for larger community. For example, in our youth centers, in Gyumri and in Spitak, we do parents' days. So young people can bring their parents, legal guardians, show them around. So parents have also a little bit more trust. Their 
family member is spending practically half the day in the center, they want to come and see. Do different kinds of events where you bring other stakeholders and tell about what we do. And I think this once they understand that we are not competing but complementing uh, the services they provide, really important, this intersectional, intersectoral approach is extremely important. We work with everybody from healthcare to police to formal education to fire department. Yeah. So um, then do activities when young people organize something for larger community. So they're not only recipients of something in the center, but they understand and they're empowered that they can do something for others. For example, we do events for little children. When our teenagers prepare something, like a day, an activity, uh, a day camp for their younger friends. Or something could be similarly done like for older people. So that it's part of the same ecosystem, that it's a community place. It's not very exclusive. When you close the doors, people imagine everything behind the closed doors. But when your doors are open, everything is transparent. There is not much room for imagination in the sense that, oh, what's going on there? I bet they are doing this and that. So, yeah, I think maybe a little bit of this. Uh, transparency, accountability, don't be shy with all the consents and with all the proper paperwork. Tell about what your center doing. Yeah, Run good social media channels. We are doing for both our youth centers now, Instagram and Facebook. This is giving uh, many people an idea what's happening inside. So there are less questions. Now, when we go to every new city where we enter to start a youth center, and now it's the fifth one we have just started to negotiate with, we don't have to do so much talking. We can already show. And that's the reason why we can show is because we are very careful about creating contents, how we disseminate these contents. And to conclude, is there any other inspiration or anything else you want to share about this gem that you were talking about today from this whole process of, of starting open youth centers? Any other inspiration to share with our listeners? I have a life motto, and it's really very relevant to this particular project. It's an African pro proverb very old, I believe. It says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This particular gem is a result of work of so many dedicated people. I am just the one sitting in this chair now and talking about it. But there are many people behind it. And it's, I think, really important to figure out where are the strengths in the team and try to distribute this in a way that everybody is in their right places and doing the right thing. We have these amazing youth workers. 
on daily basis. I was in the center for half an hour last week. There was this one girl that was asking for youth workers' help every 15 seconds. And maybe it was less of a help, more of an attention issue. I cannot say. But every single time, the answer was as if it was for the first time with the same love and care. So, yes, these people, these kind of people should be the youth workers. Giving and open and flexible. Then you always need people in the management that are making sure that the figures add up, that the roof doesn't leak, that we have good partners, we have steady funding. This is important. And then maybe people like me that are thinking about, okay, what can we bring in educational, how to make better results? And then it works in this constellation somehow very well. Yeah, somebody is responsible for the content, somebody is responsible for the process, and we work together as, as a team. And I think this is very important, maybe not only in this particular gem, <laughs> in, in the model that we use here in Armenia, but everywhere. And just to be open and welcoming to people that maybe think a little bit different than you into your team and try to see where are these different capacities, uh, who has what, what can they bring into the same pot, and then produce something out of it together. Thank you, Anajan, for sharing the story and the insights that were gained along the way of establishing the first open youth centers in Armenia. And uh, I must say you're quite a gem yourself. So thank you also to you really for, because for such a long time you have been investing and positively influencing youth work with so much passion and such a belief in the empowerment of young people, in inclusion and in positive change for society. So thanks a lot and thanks a lot for, for taking your time to be our guest on this episode of the podcast. And thank you, of course, once more for your amazing hospitality here in Gyumri. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you very much. From Gem Received.